I'm really mad at the month of August, A, because I used to have to do three days in training camp during it, but also it's got the nerve to screw up the back and forth between 30 days and 31 days in the month. And if there were only 30 days in August and it would just conform like a normal month, we would have football in 13 days instead of 14 days. 24 less hours I'd have to wait. My favorite weapon is a tank. I'm going to open up a bank account just for this leak. And don't question my methods. I was riding the market while I was Take my balls, not my pick. And of course, by work-life balance, you mean dynasty life balance. I'm blown away. I'm blown away. When your world revolves around fantasy football, dynasty is life. But of course, that means there's the preseason going on. And for the dynasty couch general manager (laughs) prestigious title wear it proud folks yeah this is an important time of the year it's very different this year it's a critically important time yeah i think it's a little more difficult with the uh the new cut date uh of one it's not getting narrowed down like it used to it's crazy we're gonna see more Cuts, waiver ads, acquisitions at the the cut date before the season this year than any year because the team is guys not even close longer, to fifty three. Yeah, and guys are getting a longer shot. So like when when guys are getting longer shots, I'm taking longer shots. <laughs> All right, <laughs> so we're so gonna to get into that. I um am cycling through like undrafted running. Like I think there's gonna be guys that make teams. That surprise us more this year than usual. It may not be a dramatic increase, but it's going to be an increase. And I think that there's going to maybe be some steals out there, at least like guys that become good handcuffs. Like right before the episode, I can't believe Jaleel McLaughlin is still out there, but I got Javante. He's looking like he could even beat P. Ryan at some point in the season. Just watching him run. Great story behind the kid. Extremely hungry. He's a little light for your your taste, so I was surprised yeah. to see that acquisition. <laughs> I also like Tyler Beatty a, a lot, but he, he hasn't really shown yeah. enough where he's true competition. Plus, we also have guys who are stepping up and like showing that they are the real. Not that they're unexpected, but like if you're a Tajay Spears owner right now, you got to be like, all right. Guy can do it. <laughs> I'm good. His At tape. least he's good enough to play in this league, you know, and maybe be great. He looked incredible in the preseason. But that's what we're going to get into, you and I here. We're going to get into a little back and forth about these preseason observations, and you're going to give away all of your secrets <laughs> to the rest of our league, and I'm going to give away all of mine. Today I'm going to be giving out maybe a little, bit, doing this. a little bit of my anxiety more than the uh, the secrets. It's just this cut down where there, there's just no cuts. You don't know who's going to make the team in these. It's so hard to pick the running backs. Yeah. And it's. Uh, we'll see if I made a horrible mistake or if I'm capitalizing on a new trend before most people because my roster right now cons- consists of probably several guys who would have otherwise been cut. I like your point about saying they have more time to win over the coaching staff, prove out that they're better than these players with a better pedigree draft capital contract. So it's going to be tougher to cut 
some of these players who maybe in the past would deserve to make teams. Yeah, and in particular, I, I say there's a bunch. There's not that many, but there's <laughs> it's all running backs. My yeah. receivers are, are kind of set, and you'll notice that you know that falls right in line with the running back trend that we're seeing across the league, and guys not getting paid, and multiple backs to a backfield, yep. and then the whole thing. Yep. And uh, there's just gonna be there's gonna be one or two that come out of the woodwork and and pull a James Robinson. For sure. And Austin Eckler and Eli Mitchell happens every single year. So uh, fingers crossed he's on your team, whoever that may be. And keep the date August 29th on your calendar. There's going to be so much rising and falling of stock on that one day. We haven't had this before. So probably a lot of your league mates don't know this, but definitely keep your phone open ready with news and to make moves on interesting because there's probably a lot of redraft drafts that day i actually have one uh, that league of mine that i think everybody has one of these i've just been trying to get out for years and they, <laughs> they pull me back in yeah that anyway. will be that will be after a lot of redrafts but you know dynasty's a little deeper so uh, hopefully redraft people aren't getting screwed by Big names being cut, but you never know. You never know. That's why it's so so tricky this year. Yeah. No, you're right. They don't really apply, but I, I just felt like more so I'm just frustrated that I have to orchestrate a redraft while cut day is happening. Uh, <laughs> you know? It's like, come on, Kamish. Dynasty is life. You got to check it out. Yeah, exactly. So what are you seeing, Paul? Any players jumping out at you? Any teams? Any situation that just comes to mind when you think about I had preseason? A, yeah, well... I think after watching the little bit that I've seen of the Pittsburgh Steelers, <laughs> I think they're the real deal. Okay. Like, I don't think I was wrong about that. I don't think I've been saying all along Kenny Pickett's kind of been written off. Yeah. And I think Kenny Pickett can play. Yeah. I am not – I think – I'm not like as high on him as I am. Like I think Justin Fields could be QB one this year. I don't see Kenny Pickett as that. No. More of the Kirk Cousins kind of performance, but what it will mean is that that offense will go and there will be points to be had. He's gonna have a lot of passing attempts. In the Steel City. Yeah. Agreed. He's gonna have a lot of passing attempts with those uh short yardage plays they so, like to run. So I liked so I liked that team, I think that was a good uh, one general observation. Um, the other thing is uh, a general observation that I made is that and this partially goes in line with more time being available for each player to showcase their skill set with less cutdowns. But um, I think that has allowed for you know a couple of late round quarterback discoveries. Yes. I mean, I'm down. I could be. It's hard to see what this is going to be right now, but take note of this because, like, this is an interesting preseason because of this rule change with the cut date, everybody being cut on one day. The impact of that I have predicted is <laughs> just predicted and given you a, you know, that's like a, a conservative estimate, though, of what this could be. Like, this could change football. Because of guys like Aiden O'Connell on the Raiders. If he turns out to be a stud, what if all of a sudden 
guys are getting enough of a chance in the preseason that teams end up using it as more of a find the diamond in the rough guy opportunity than train my starters to play. Which is a dynamic shift. I'm sorry I went down this rabbit hole, but yeah, I think that's. I think a lot of teams do deploy that tactic. Well, they clearly are yeah. right now. I mean, especially in the later quarters of a preseason game. And Aiden O'Connell's a hot name on the dynasty market right now. His value is definitely going up since his last yeah. couple of performances. Anyway, before I went down that rabbit hole, that was going to be the observation <laughs> that there's and Dorian Thompson Robinson and Tanner McKee, I think, also showed that they can play. At a at a like decently high level, like enough to be you know given a chance if they keep it up consistently. And the thing about Aiden O'Connell is his path to playing time is it's not daunting. You know he's not right. going through the the top of the mountains on his path. It's exactly it's a, it's a pretty easy trail for him to to get there. So yeah, Tanner McKee and and Thompson Robinson don't have the same luxury, but at no. the same time, it does make it difficult because. It's hard to be consistent in sporadic opportunities. And that's kind of what those guys are being asked to do. And that's why Dynasty General Managers, Aiden O'Connell, is the ad. <laughs> yeah, I saw that you grabbed him when I looked when I looked up his name. So can't believe I him. beat y'all to the punch on that one. I yeah. saw like three series and I was like, Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna take I'm gonna take him. Definitely a good good talent, good opportunity. Um, just going back to some of our previous episodes where we were talking about what to watch on, you know, in training camp, certain position battles. Some of them are starting to shake out. I've had my eye on a couple just because they apply to my roster a little bit more. So hopefully these apply to some of our listeners as well. Uh, I've been watching the Panthers wide receiver situation. They love all the guys that this new regime acquired. Uh, Mingo, Thielen, Chark. Chark's been hurt, but... Looks like the rest of the players are just out of the rotation. Those three are clearly leading the way when they play. Uh, I've been looking at the Eagles running back room. Very, very interesting as a local fan, but also with some some shares, some Eagles players. Um, Gainwell's looking like the favorite. Uh, uh, I don't know. Coach's favorite. Swift is, is being preserved the most. Uh, yeah, that's I think. what I was going to say. I think Swift's being preserved and will actually get the bulk of late season carries. I think you'll see Gainwell come out of the gate. Yeah. Um, Penny come out of the gate. Um, but you'll see Swift take over the backfield, hopefully more so when it counts in the playoffs, et cetera. Um, I just want them to trade for Jonathan Taylor so that we, uh, <laughs> in Philadelphia, they can say they got Taylor Swift in the backfield. Yeah. <laughs> Best Eagle. vocals in all the running back rooms. Very nice. We need a drop on that one, Paul. Paul, give us, give us something. Even if it doesn't apply, it deserves, <laughs> it deserves a drop. Blockbuster. All right, that works. <laughs> wow, what a difference. Well, they were. That's one, what it would be, right? Yeah, they were one of the teams reportedly that have put in a trade for him. Uh, looks like they were reporting six. Now there's two, and Dolphins are looking like they're pretty clearly a, uh, somebody who's pursuing him, which would be interesting. But yeah, I like Gainwell. Um, we, we said a few episodes back he was going to be uh, maybe a buy low, so hopefully that pans out. Um, anybody else jumping out at you? Tank, Tank Bigsby's looking like he's doing really I well. I would agree with that. And Tank Bigsby looked, him and Tajay Spears looked. Uh, and the coaching staff likes, nice. the guy, likes these guys, so. 
You know, those are, those are players that their value is good on. to be talked up by the coach. <laughs> Doug Peterson did do a lot of talking about Tank Bigsby. He did. It was he, it was overdone. It's actually now that I think about it, it's shading me out. Is this is he just gonna run Travis? No, I'm just kidding. I think Tank's gonna get the majority of your first and second down carries by the end of that season. Really, that Tank season that I, fast? You think it turns over? I mean, Tank. I'm sorry, uh, Travis Etienne is more of a passing down back and i could see him sort of falling into a third down role not in a bad way yeah in a way that helps the team if this which is unfortunately what's happening you know with running backs it's tough like finding that three down back those guys who are on the field you know for every offensive series and act series and act as a pass catcher and you know the the grinder are harder and harder to find now in fact, you could probably count on two hands the number that exists in the league and not need much of the second hand. Yeah, def- definitely limited. And if you want to look at the Jaguars running back room as like a, a baseball lineup, like Travis Etienne, he's pretty inconsistent, but he can yeah. he can knock out the park. Yeah. He's going to be like your five, six, seven hitter. Tank Bigsby can he can do it all, and he he's very consistent in finding the right running hole, you know, making defenders miss. So he's more of that, like, 2-3 consistent hitter that I think Peterson will appreciate. Yeah, yeah. And you're still, like, dealing with, you know, the Arizona Diamondbacks and something in that metaphor. (laughs) So it's not, like, the most promising running back (laughs) as far as running back rooms go. Um, Also followed the... But young. Yeah. And that matters. Yes, yes, absolutely. Also followed the Chiefs wide receiver situation. Um I don't think there's a lot there. Mahomes threw to like nine different receivers <laughs> while he was in. And <laughs> That's not a how lot it's going to be, there's man. There's just no clear winner right I now. Don't it's think so frustrating. I decided this. I decided that there's not going to be. Okay. There's not it. going to be a clear winner. Okay. There's going to be an impressively impressive amount of share sharing of targets in that offense <laughs> outside of Travis Kelsey. Yeah. And... It's just, and Mahomes will still be great. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. And it will just be so hard for fantasy managers to predict who's going to have the game for the Chiefs unless you're reading the matchups. So, you know, if you want to employ a strategy where you go try to collect all of them, go for it. That's too much. I'm out, man. I'm out on Kansas City wide receivers. If you had to pick one. It's you, a mirage, dude. It's a mirage that there can be this elite wide receiver for Kansas City because Andy Reid gives the ball to the running backs and the tight ends too much. Patrick Mahomes, I think, wants to run more. And <laughs> he's too great to not share the ball. Like, it just makes more sense for their offense, and it's why they win. If you were drafting the Kansas City Chiefs receivers in Dynasty... I hate you for asking me this. Who would you take? <laughs> I'll tell you my answer, Paul. I would take Justin Ross. Okay, I would take Tony and redraft for this year to be pepper with targets, but I would take Rashi Rice. Wait, you asked me about Dynasty, though, right? Yeah, I know, but I threw that in there just for fun, you know. Okay. <laughs> but okay. I would take Rashi Rice because, you know, he does. Yeah, he's certainly he, promised there too. He feels and no, not a scary injury history. And they drafted him after drafting Sky Moore, so yeah. I think I would take him over Sky Moore. I'm taking Justin Ross because of the upside. Like, there's just the highest ceiling. He's a freak, you know, that's just been hurt. And I think, and I still believe in him because I don't think he's really had like 
a great chance since getting hurt sort of, you know, to come back. And he's made plays in the preseason. And he's like your prototype number one wide receiver in terms of build and skill set and contested catchability. Yeah. He's, so he's that's why I that's why I do it, but I'm literally just taking like the flyer, like the lottery pick. Yeah. And Sky Moore to me is like not that bad of a shot to take either. I'm still going Rasheed Rice just because he excels yeah. so much against yeah. Zone. Also, not a bad shot to take, but like in the point end, is, in the end, <laughs> take none you, of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, right. And and the point too is Pat Mahomes is he's got to be probably the, he's, he's got to be the first QB off the board in redraft leagues this year and. Probably still in Dynasty. Oh, yeah. Speaking of uh, Dynasty startups, Paul, let's get into some of this faulty ADP where uh, players are too high or hmm. too low. Confusing <laughs> ADP. Why are these players going here? What's going on? You're unadulterated garbage. I don't know why, but I just feel like that drop needs to be brought back for this conversation. <laughs> I agree. I have one that jumped out at me when you played that drop. So uh, <laughs> it does it does uh, trigger certain certain memories in certain players. I uh, need to bring up a list of who's where um, in ADP. So let's uh, let's have that conversation then, Trip. We've uh, we've each compiled a, a list of players. Trips compiled a list, and I'm going to do it off the dome. <laughs> this is called freestyle podcastery. I hope you're ready to get into some of this freestyle podcastery. I'm ready. I, I, I used to. I wrote some stuff down. I'm not freestyling. I I I know. I know. I made that. I made that clear. <laughs> probably, probably bring a little bit more insight to the people here. But go go ahead and uh, kick us off then, since you're not ill prepared like myself. This is startup dynasty half point PPR single quarterback performance versus ADP. On. Let's start with the players who were too high in ADP. I saw maybe a couple jump out that looked just, they, they didn't look right in the top 50. And okay. then it got a little harder uh, as you dig deeper, just because so many players have like this potential upside. Yeah. I thought it was a little easier to find people who are underdrafted in their ADP. So um, looking at this list of the top 50, there's one name that's clearly jumping out to me as way too high, and that's Quentin Johnston. He's uh, currently going as player 45-46 without ever having taken a snap over fellow rookie Jordan Addison, Calvin Ridley, Terry McLaurin, DJ Moore. I know he has a lot of talent, and he's with Justin Herbert, and he's in this Kellen Moore offense, but I am not ready to take him 45th overall in Dynasty. Yeah, there's a lot of competition for targets there in San Diego to be at 46 overall, which is going to put him as like a top 20 wide receiver, probably um, at least top 25. I don't know if, I don't know if he's getting there this year. Um, although, you know, if you believe in him as taking over as the wide receiver one That's in true. San Diego and you're looking towards the future. It's true. Maybe, People. maybe you take that shot. I do think 
he's rising for me, to be honest. Yeah, he's I, rising everywhere, clearly. This I is, think he's one of those guys that we almost forgot to touch on as far as preseason observations because he did kind of show up and show out this preseason. Yeah, I've heard mixed reports. I, I don't hear yeah. that he's like absolutely dominating. I've heard some big catches, but I've also heard some inconsistency things, which is what we were concerned about. So Yeah. Um I'll up right in that range with you in uh-huh. the forties. Uh-huh. Um Ramondre Stevenson. Okay. I feel like the Zeke Elliott signing just reminded me this is a Bilicek back. <laughs> Don't forget it. He will not let fantasy managers have their day. This man wants to be the only football genius in the world. <laughs> and he does not want any of you to look good at knowing what's going to happen with his backfield. Yeah, uh, Nor does he want the opponents to have any idea what's happening with his backfield from game to game. I'm with you, Paul. I thought about putting Stevenson here as well. I ended up leaving him off. Just because I thought there was maybe some players who haven't even done what he's done yet, like Quinn Johnston, where they're just too high with surrounded by all these established players just based on ceiling. So yeah, I, I like the pick though. I was definitely thinking about picking him. Uh, you want to keep going with our uh, people who are too high, or you want to switch over and take a look at somebody who's uh, a little too low on this list? Well, in your opinion, I'm gonna. I'll go. I'll throw one more in the too high. All right. I think Jackson Smith and Jigba at 33 overall, 33-34. He's, he's now like what, wide receiver 14 or 15 on the list. And like I'm high on JSN. I get he was the first wide receiver in this draft. But... I would almost rather wait and take Quentin Johnson personally. Okay. Back there at 40. Wow. Okay. All yeah, right, you have you have one. been not scared of Johnston's issues. And, and you, less, you've, had, you've had him high on your rankings consistently, I think. Yeah, and less impressed by JSN in the preseason and OTAs than I thought I would be. Starting to develop an injury track as well with two pretty big-time target getters next to him, so... It's definitely a ceiling pick. There's no doubt about that. So I'll keep going on players that are overdrafted just because this range right here seems to be where we're living right now for this. Um, and I have DeAndre Swift. He's drafted at player uh, 47. Okay. Overall, yes. 48 overall. So You just uh, don't know what's going to happen after this season. You don't know what's going to happen during the season or after the season. And his NFL value dropped so much you know the investment the capital behind him the right. contract behind it it's just uh yeah there's a lot more question marks and we know how how he works and we know how running backs get treated once they're not top tier assets so i could see maybe a much lower floor for him than some of these other players i'm looking at in this top 50 i am gonna follow that up with joe mixon kind of a couple spots lower He's on my list as well. 50, like, I scroll down a little bit. I see J.K. Dobbins, Miles Sanders, even Aaron Jones, Cam Akers, Isaiah Pacheco. 
Stop me when I get to a running back you wouldn't ha- rather have over uh, over Mixon. Oh, I'd rather Rashad have him over White. a couple of the people you said. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it ends at Rashad White for me. Yeah, I would, I would have had everybody I mentioned before that. I'd still take Mixon over Pacheco and maybe one or two other players you, you mentioned. But guess what, Paul? I did have Joe Mixon on my list as drafted too high as well. I agree with you on that, that with his age, his off-field stuff, and he clearly his contract... That have a conversation about Isaiah Pacheco soon though. Ah, ha, 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 ha. Well, we might be talking about him, Paul, because he's on my over drafted list right now. I think he is drafted too high. I know you're a big <laughs> fan and uh he's awesome, but he's on a team that rotates players. His contract is weak, his draft capital is weak. He might be kind of like this one trick pony where he can run people over okay. it's a very useful trick but yeah. just like you're not wrong it's it's as much as i hate to admit this you gotta think they're gonna add to that position that room is gonna get somebody if the new. opportunity came across for them to get somebody in there i think they would but ceh is trash <laughs> you're unadulterated garbage there you go you got to use it and and i'll be honest McKinnon is old. Even if they got somebody else in here, I feel like Isaiah Pacheco is still somebody that's getting the rock. That's true. Still an Andy Reid offense. His floor is not like out rock bottom. Like they're still going to be using if, him on short short yardage plays yeah, no matter what. Yeah, and if that guy learned to catch and run routes, like he'd be Andy Reid's favorite human on the planet. He'd be his he'd be his shady. Uh, tough. That's that's he doesn't got with Shady. Not had. happening. No. Uh, <laughs> Let's retract that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a long if. His ground game is good, you know, and, and he'll get the ball. And yep. so anyway, I don't know. It feels it feels like the right place for him. I don't know that he should be higher. I There are some guys below him that I would, like I would still rather probably have Alvin Kamara or um, – Zach Charbonnet or James Cook, who are kind of farther down this list. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but that's a good time to transition, trip okay. because right there are some good names that I think uh, maybe are a little bit under-drafted. Okay. Um, if you didn't see Alvin Kamara in the Saints and um, – who did they play in the preseason recently? Chiefs game. Go back and watch that just to remind yourself where Alvin Kamara is physically coming off of last season. I know he's suspended. He's 28 years old. But if you're going for a championship this year, that's somebody, and especially in redraft, that's somebody that you could probably get, well, 82 is 82, 83. Um, that's that's crazy. And for redraft, he's like 60, 64. Um, I would be all over that uh, in a redraft league. And if I'm going for a title in Dynasty, I might think about it because that dude's also going to come back hungry. You know, he's going to be healthy for the fantasy playoffs. is almost a guarantee with the amount of time you will have played before it. And it looks like the ADP is giving you an opportunity to not necessarily lean on him in the beginning of the season because you've got an opportunity to potentially draft two backs before that. So, anyway, 
Same thing with James Cook. I think from a redraft perspective, like he's a steal. And I'm not a huge James Cook believer. Um, I just, the talent to me is okay. Yeah. I don't think he's as talented as his brother Dalvin Definitely was not. and is now, you know? And so I'm not like crazy high on James Cook, but I do believe in him as a route runner and a pass catching back. And so he will get lots of screen passes. He's in a very prolific offense with an incredible offensive line up there in Buffalo, a coach that recognizes he needs to put less pressure on his number one wide receiver and on his quarterback's arm. And so I do think James Cook situationally, and I think from a reliability standpoint, like he's one of these backs that's, you know, an 85 in Madden (laughs) and healthy and available and durable. And not necessarily the superstar of the offense, but the engine. So, anyway, James Cook, undervalued, I think, somebody who will outperform that ADP of 85 overall over the next year and this season. His redraft, believe it or not, is also 85, 86. So, yeah, he's going to be a, a keeper for a lot of redraft leagues this year. I bet with uh, how low he was drafted last year, so he's he's definitely primed for some some big numbers. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Who else you got? So I want to start at the top here. It was a little tough just because all these players are so good to find somebody who maybe was too low amongst them. Yeah, but I'm going to go with Devonte Smith. Um, and I'm looking at the players who were picked just above him, and I'm seeing Travis Etienne, T. Higgins, Josh Jacobs, Cooper Cup, Chris Olave, Stefan Diggs, Joe Burrow, Jameer Gibbs. And I think you could make an argument that he you could go, absolutely <laughs> it could go all the way up that list to the top. Absolutely could make that argument. So Um, I thought it was tough to find anybody amongst these players, but when I look at what he already has done, has the potential to do, how uh, locked into the situation he is, is all that stuff compared with these other players, I'm surprised that he is not at the top of the list. He's at the bottom. The only reason he's not talked about more is because he's lining up on the opposite side of uh, A.J. Brown, who's... Just an incredible talent. But they're also um, locked in, too. Like, we saw him be a wide receiver one yeah, with A.J. Brown. Well, and so. that's what I was going to say. If you look at his career thus far, this is a this is a future. Devonta Smith is a future Hall of Fame wide receiver. <laughs> this guy is 24 years old, Heisman winner out of Alabama. He has 156 fantasy points and half-point PPR his rookie year. As the finishes as the wide receiver, 29. As a wide receiver, too, in a young offense with a rocky quarterback situation, turns around in Jalen Hurts' first year starting and finishes as the half PPR wide receiver 10. Crazy. Now, 24 years old. If you're and not talked about. So, like, absolutely, this guy was on my list, too. I think 27, 28 overall is, is way too low. 
He should absolutely be above Etienne, Higgins, Jacobs, Cup. Maybe I slide him right behind Olave, but maybe I put him ahead of Olave. Yes, yes. Like, really? I mean, that's... And in a dynasty scenario, probably ahead of Stephon Diggs, too. Um, It's something I'd think about. You could argue him as a top 15, 17. You could argue him as a top five. You could argue him... Not top five in dynasty. You mean yeah. in Dynasty overall? Wow. Yeah, okay. I think so. Oh, my I th- goodness. I think there's an argument. I don't think, you know, <laughs> to, well, top five wide receivers. Yeah, um, I think he could, go, he could go as high as, like, 16, 17 and start up ADP right now. I would probably say the guys ahead of him are Waddle, Wilson, Brown, Lamb, Chase Jefferson. Yeah. Um, Amon Ra, maybe. I feel like he also ended up in a pass-happy situation with not a lot of other offensive weapons around him last year. Yeah, he's going to eat this year. so <laughs> He will, and he's a great player. I just wonder if I wonder if he's going to go up or down. He'll, he'll, he'll beast this year, and then they're going to eventually find other people to share the load with him. He's gonna, he can't keep up this the amount of targets he's getting, I don't think, with the... Um, aspirations that this Lions offense has. Yeah. I can see that. Um another guy and I've I've said this a couple of times but I think Justin Fields is is D, is going to outperform that ADP <clears throat> of 42-43. Um definitely if you are playing redraft, he's like my guy for redraft this year. Um I think that He'll easily outperform 45 overall. 44-45 is where 44, 45 is where they have him going in redraft. You're like my next one, Paul. Uh, your guy, Javante Williams, has just fallen too far. He's, uh, <laughs> he's at number 49, number 50 right now. It's uh, funny. He's on my list, too. Yeah, behind players like DeAndre Swift, Damian Pierce as running back. So... Um, Ramondre Stevenson, Derrick Henry, Tony Pollard could be taken above any of those. Najee Harris, Ken Walker is where it starts to maybe get into his range. Mm-hmm. And that's all the way up at pick 28. So uh, I think he's far too low. Uh, before this injury, he was a top three dynasty running back. And players bounce back from this injury. So people just maybe are forgetting what he can do. He's too low. He's too good to be there. Yeah. No, I I totally agree with that. Um, if you go even a little bit farther, a couple of guys we talked about earlier um, in uh, Tajay Spears and Tank's big, Tank Bigsby are uh, a little bit underrated on this too. Yeah. <clears throat> Not by too much. They're at the 119 for Tank and the 127 for Tajay, but I think they've shown already that they're going to be at some point in their career, better than that. You've got, like, Tyler Algier above them, Jamal Williams above them. If I'm in Dynasty, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster above them. If I'm in Dynasty, I would rather have one of those two guys than than one of those folks. I'm going <clears> to <throat> tell you something, Paul. It's going to make you smile. I'm going to pause this uh, because I just got a notification that said Sean Tucker is taking first-team reps 
with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Oh my God! <laughs> Ooh, yeah. All right. You're welcome for me for finding that diamond in the rough for you, Paul. How about it? You're welcome. Um, I got a, I got a player for you. You're welcome, audience, <laughs> and everybody out there that. A trip made me watch the tape, but B that I stuck to my guns when everybody counted them out. Yeah, it's looking like a, a highly likely um, at least you're you're already at more value than yeah. You and I'm glad that. you brought that up because he was in my preseason notes, and you you rushed me off that topic <laughs> before I your transition was so good I couldn't stop you, but I did watch Sean Tucker in the preseason and let me, can I just read to you? Hold on. I got to bring this up. (laughs) This is the note that I wrote down for myself. Oh boy. Sean Tucker. (laughs) While only this is the first preseason talk about a little bit biased. (laughs) This is the first preseason game. Sean Tucker. While only having three carries looked better than all the other backs by a good bit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Rashad white played that game. But still, I it was very clear in three plays that this guy, kid taking the handoff was more explosive than definitely Kashawn Vaughn. I mean, that's funny that they got him taking first-team reps, though. I didn't see that coming. I thought it would take longer. Nope, already in. Where was that notification? Sleeper. What's your source? So, what's Sleeper. Your source? Sleeper? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Don't always trust them. <laughs> Basically well, means Twitter. At least, you know, it's hard to argue that he's taking first team reps. Well, it's better I'm than Sean little, Tucker I'm gets just cut. a little bit upset that I didn't get the notification, you know. He's on my team. Why is, uh, oh, never mind. <laughs> Here it is. In a move the ball period in practice, Bucks rookie running back, Sean Tucker, split first team reps with Rashad White. There you go. More of a um, shame for, and that's by Ben Meyerson, who's what beat reporter for the Bucks. Um, okay, it's legit. Yeah, I'm happy about it. It's more of a, a knock to Rashad White owners, um, but uh, but you're absolutely right. Thank you for pointing that out, Trip. I will put him <laughs> on the trade block. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wild ride for Mr. Tucker. Anyway, uh, to yeah, bring us back. Wild ride for him. To, uh, uh, now you just hope he succeeds. Right? Yeah, you got to reform. To bring us back to ADP land, I'm going to give you uh, a player you needed that fits this exercise perfectly, Paul. Okay. Um, if I told you there was a player last year um, who had 150 targets, 1,238 receiving yards, and 10 touchdowns and was the number one target getter on his team and dropped 15 spots without being injured just because of the another player was signed by his team he's in a good offense killed it last year no injury solid contract everything's good the team he's on just signed another player on their offense and is it mark andrews no okay it's christian kirk and uh, after the signing of Calvin Ridley, he went down from wide receiver 12, where he finished last year, to now going at wide receiver 37. See, you set this up as if... Sorry, he, he's going 20... Oh, yeah, that's crazy. You set this up as if you were going to come out with somebody who I agreed 
should not have dropped. <laughs> but when Calvin Ridley steps into your offense, you're going to drop. Now, was the length of the drop? It's a little much. More than probably is necessary. Probably, yes. Christian Kirk will put up numbers this year, but he's not having 10 touchdowns. He's not getting 1,200 yards. And now that I process those numbers, how was my guess, Mark Andrews? That was stupid. <laughs> uh, I was more just trying to read the test maker than actually the question. Yeah. Anyway, he's not a player I would have picked, but just looking at that, that's that's crazy. And I see players that are here that are number twos in their offense on worse offenses that are ranked higher than him. Traylon Burks, um, you know, Jameson Williams, Zay Flowers, Michael Pittman. Um, you know, those are yeah, num- a number he's two. A, he's a little low. You're right. But he is a number two now. But there's number twos ahead of him in worse offenses is, is my point. And he and he doesn't have injury history and he's yeah. got a good contract. But Calvin Ridley is a beast. So Calvin Ridley is a beast. So, yeah. Um, I also have Deontay Johnson. I just think he's fallen a little too far for what he can do. We already talked about Kenny Pickett and the Steelers looking good. Mm-hmm. Um, we yeah. talked about the Chiefs backfield. I think Jarek McKinnon is absurdly low for how many PPR points he put up in that offense, and they didn't go out and get somebody else. I feel like there was a restructure or something with the running back contracts that pointed at they really are expecting a lot out of him this year. Yeah. So another guy maybe too too low, especially for redraft. He's old but still has value in Dynasty. Yeah. Um, I, I think Trey McBride is going really low for Dynasty. He's like 170 overall. Um, And Jalen Warren, um, also Kenny Pickett, all kind of right in that range and probably should be taken higher. Um, I see players above them that have like no promise or future really at all. Um, And so I I definitely would look at, at some of those players and say, hey, 20 spots, maybe. They could, <laughs> they could be incre- they could increase. Um, I also see Brock Purdy. Yeah, I looked at that too. Um, He's too low. Way too low. Are you kidding me with 183rd overall? He's taken over a Ferrari of an offense. Yeah, he's too low. That's he for was, sure. Putting up 20 fantasy points a game easily and in every start and then would have the occasional breakout game where he'd do 10, 15, more than that. I don't get why the league's not scared of Brock Purdy, first of all, because they should be. Like, this kid can play football, and the Niners will be good, and they will have a quarterback, and... As an Eagles fan, that sucks because <laughs> their fan base really blows, um, and they won't stop crying. They're still crying. I need them to shut up and move on to the next season. <laughs> it's over. My team lost the Super Bowl. I don't need to hear you cry <laughs> about losing at a time <clears throat> where you will be forgotten no matter how you lost. <laughs> You know, like, if you lose a Super Bowl, you're we're going to be forgotten. That Eagles team, one of the best teams probably in a long time in the NFL, 
ends up going up against a also Titan in the Chiefs. And we go, we're not, that team's not going to be remembered. You know who is not going to be remembered? You know who people are so is not going to be remembered that people are trying to forget them? Is the 2022 40 Winers. I'm sorry. I had to go on that tangent. We're going to move on. Unless you all don't move on too. <laughs> then I'm going to sit here on this podcast and talk about how annoying 49ers fans are. I'm just kidding. All right, let's go. I can, add, I can add to the Eagles issues right now. Because yeah. John Dotson is just way too low. Ah, uh, that he scares me too. He's he is nasty. I'm tired he, of hearing that the NFC doesn't have firepower, man. Like the NFC does have firepower and some young guns coming in too. He's going at eighty second overall behind players like Marquise Brown, Alexander Madison, Jameson Williams. Um, Traylon Burks, Amari Cooper, Rashad White, Isaiah Pacheco, Cam Akers. <sighs> Zay Flowers, Michael Pittman, Miles Sanders. I could argue he's supposed to be in the top 50, this guy. So this is way too low. I think it's going to go up after their last preseason game where people saw what they're capable of and what he's capable of. But um, if you can still get him at this ADP, definitely, definitely, definitely. That's going to be a, a cornerstone for your roster, I do believe. Okay. I'm going to leave you with this. Okay. I don't. I don't think... I'm going to surprise anybody here, if I'm being honest. Is it Alec Pierce? Because <laughs> I saw him, he was a little too low as well. Uh, that's who I'm going with. I, I got another one for you, too. Uh, not quite sure how to put this, but I'm just going to say Romeo. Oh, Romeo. <laughs> May love find you, Romeo in the end zone so that my listeners can benefit because I certainly will not be as I fucked up traded him away in a hasty live on air draft move dynasty life regrets trip hard to live with them can't live without them